Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Lions Den, a Galatasaray podcast done by the community for the community. Today, I'm your host Emre and we bring you the North American invasion, Yasin and our fellow Canadian coach, John. Our kangaroo from down under and our energy starved Europeans are not with us today, unfortunately. So with that out of the way, boys, how you doing? I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good. It's I think it's our first time that we're doing a North American exclusive podcast. And I got to say, I'm pretty excited about it. We don't need to worry about it. It's 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Normally, this is not possible because these guys in the Netherlands, it's like, what, 1 a.m. in the morning? Our Aussie mates probably already at work in the morning. So it's just not possible. So it's nice to see that you guys together at this time for once. And uh, I look forward to it. Yeah. It'll be a nice conversation today. John? What's up with you, man? How's life? It's the North American takeover. It's good, man. I'm chilling, excited. We've taken over. We don't need the Dutchies. We don't need the Aussie. We do it ourselves at a nice time. Like Yasin said, 7.30, relax, open a drink, get into it, get into the news, and enjoy. We don't need the Dutchies. We don't need the Aussie. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's show them that we can pull our own weight today. <laughs> All right, boys. So... We'll be talking about our away game against Trabzonspor, which, you know, unfortunately ended in a, in a draw, which I felt was not the deserved result. I don't know if you guys would agree with me. Probably would agree with me. I agree. I but agree. before we talk about that, Coach John will bring you the latest news and rumors. So, John, what do you have for us today? All right, here we go. Sasha Bowie, is he staying or is he going? News broke earlier this week of newly promoted Serie A side Monza interested in loaning Sasha Bowie with a reported buy option of 4.5 million euros. Okan Buruk responded after the Trabzon match stating that Sasha Bowie would be staying in the squad. Alexandru Chikaldao has been loaned to UAE side Kalba Union FC. The financial details of the loan were not released but Kalba Union will be paying his salary in full for the remainder of the season. Mostafa Mohamed, who was loaned to Nantes in France, has been hitting a run of form recently, scoring two goals and making one assist in his last two matches. He was sent to Nantes for a loan fee of 250,000 euros with a buy option of 5.75 million euros. Galatasaray have reopened talks for a final time with Brazilian midfielder Ivander and Michelin. Reports suggest that everything between the player and his manager have been agreed and Galatasaray are now trying to strike a deal with his club. Talks with Akardi and his manager wife Wanda Nara are progressing positively and Galatasaray have reportedly intensified negotiations for the striker. Reports suggest that Akardi is only a step away from Galatasaray and PSG will be paying majority of his 10 million euro wage. Early rumors are circulating about Tottenham Hotspur winger Lucas Moura. Galatasaray are apparently interested in loaning the player after Okan Buruk expressed his desire to add another winger to the team. That's the news. Uh, what do you guys think about that? What what jumps out to you? What what stands out? I I want to start. I want to start with Sasha Bowie. I I I, I think he's a talking point that we uh, definitely need to start with because here's a player that's been basically shunned by a lot of the fans that wanted him gone, no matter what the cost was. Just get him out of the team, open a foreign spot. But here he is, one of the most fit players in our team, despite not, you know being involved in any of the camp trainings and he's showing a better fitness level and involvement in the game than most of our other players. Whoa. What do you guys think about this? Like I've never seen this kind of like, you know, redemption arc <laughs> almost now the fans won't even let him go for like six, seven, eight million. What was the, yeah, there's like Monzo wants him for 5 million and we, we, we don't want to even want to give him away. Yeah, it's it's definitely the strangest thing, you know. Not that long ago, before the boy got injured, Sacha was not in a training camp, like you said. There were rumors from last season, way back mid-season, even when Fati Tenen was after Fati Tenen left, that Sacha was not happy. He wanted to go. He was not being played. Apparently, you know, he extended his injury more than it should have been. You know, we start the season fresh, new coach, and he's still not here. You know, he's training on his own. There was even one picture of him released where it looked like he had a belly. People were criticizing him. And guess what? 
you know, training session finished, preseason's finished, the, the season starts, he's still not part of it. Our main right back, brand new guy, gets injured. Omar, who's a backup, is apparently not ready, and we're forced to play with Sacha Bowie. And yes, he showed up, you know, he was not exactly fit the way you'd expect somebody with a preseason to be. So it was fair, but he still played well. He adjusted himself after the first half. He realized he's a little bit tired. He kind of adjusted back. We talked about this a couple games ago. But he's he's proving to us that even without a preseason, he's still disciplined. He's still up for the fight. He's still trying to get that spot back that he wants and he doesn't want to give up to the boy, even though he just came for a few million. And he's a very experienced French, you know, international player. So what's going to happen with this? Who knows? Um it's really interesting. I think if you ask any fan at the beginning of the season when Sacha was not even in the plans, they would have said, okay, you know, we paid a million for him. We'll, we'll scrap him out for like two, three million, maybe four, because he has potential, but we haven't really seen that on a consistent basis, right? They would have said, okay, we just bought a new right back and we got Omar in the backup too. Do we really need Sacha anymore? Not really. But now that we've seen him play game after game, he's improving every single half after half for multiple games now. Before the Trabzone game, right? Before the Trabzone game, four and a half million buy options. This was reported by many different people. And pe some people were like, you know what? Fine. He's not in our plan. Sell him for four and a half and use that for a backup winger. Use that for a number 10 that we desperately need. Use that for a striker. He played an incredible game against Trabzone. And now fans are like, four and a half? No way. Absolutely not. Six million? Forget about it. At least eight, 10 million. Some people don't even want to sell him anymore. So I'm really curious how this is going to work out because we ha we have three right backs, right, guys? Like, we have three of them right now. Omar apparently still has a year left, and he wants all of his money. Maybe that's a different topic, but Sacha really looks like he can take that number one spot at right back and not let go of it for the entire season. He's still young, so he has a lot of resale value as well. Yeah, I, I don't want to see him gone because I, I can't trust Mohamed, uh What was his name? Omar? Yeah. I can't trust Omar with the way he's been form-wise. I don't blame him. He did go through a severe injury. Um, but I hate losing players that we have that have immense resale value, right? And that we want to be champions this year. So you want to keep the players that can give you the best performance. And right now Bowie's giving best performance. And one of the things I was actually upset about was, you know, Chikaldao and Mustafa leaving. Here are these two uh players that we bought last year with high hopes and uh both of which was not utilized by three coaches. Three, right? See, the coach that brought him here fought to him. Dominic Torrent couldn't, you know, he had his own circumstances. And then Okan Buruk. So is it the players or is it is it the, the coaches or is it, do they just not fit our system? Ah, like, Coach John, what do you think about this? Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point you bring up. And I, I think it's just unfortunate for them that each each of those three coaches had pretty different uh, play styles, and they just, I guess, uh, amongst switching coaches, they just couldn't settle in and couldn't find a, a place for themselves in in the team. Um, maybe maybe that's our cue to to talk about uh, Mustafa Mohammed and and what he's been doing. Right. Um, you know, like I, I mean, let's face it. He, here's a guy that he he for, he came to our team and. And we were all wowed with his ability, like his physical ability, his finishing, everything. It was all looking so bright. And then he just sort of lost his place almost. Like he wasn't playing as much. The consistency wasn't there. Um, he wasn't getting as many chances, which is frustrating. And now we've loaned him to France and it seems like he's settling in. It seems like he's hitting a run of good form now. He's had, like I said earlier... Two goals, one assist. Looks like he's playing well, getting back to his normal self. And, you know, he has a buy option. So I, I'm of, you know, the, I guess, I, I guess the opinion that we should, I, like, I'd like to bring him back. I'd like to see him back with us and see what we can do because I, I do think he's very talented. But um, yeah, I mean, there's these players that we have that we paid money for and invested in. Uh, hoping that they'll be in our plans for the future, and they're not. And Chikaldao especially has fell out like dramatically. So we'll see what happens with that. And I know, um, I know Yasin has a uh, Yasin has had a, an eye on Mustafa Mohammed, and I know I'm interested to to see what he thinks. I know he's been keeping an eye on him. So mm -hmm. 
What, what do you think? I mean, I've I've always said it. I I think he has a lot of potential. He's he's not a star player. So a lot of people that don't like Mustafa and they want him on loan or they want him gone. They're they're like, he's not as good as you guys say. You know, he he doesn't really do anything that well. We we should look for a better striker that could finish and could work the ball off of. Mustafa is actually a very well-rounded player. He, you know, I agree. He's not excellent at anything yet. But the kid, in my opinion, has not had a proper chance since he's come. You know, in the beginning, he joined us. He did ex- excellent, right? He scored that winner versus Fenerbahce. You know, maybe he was scoring penalties, but he still looked good. He had that confidence coming in, right, that he was going to be our striker. He got that one red card. I don't remember who it was. It was a bit silly, a red card. Maybe most people would say he's not deserved. After that, things just went south, right? We had Jogne, we had Mohamed, and then I think we had one more striker. I'm not remembering now, but... Falcao. Falcao, right? So we had a lot of strikers that all of which, you know, on their own given day, deserves to be the starting striker. And I think after that red card, he lost a little bit of that confidence. And Fatih Tedin was not playing consistently either. Maybe for his own internal reasons, stuff that he saw in training, fine. He's a coach. He sees stuff that we don't see. But... I think there was a lot of injustice. I kind of brought this up, you know, in our earlier podcast too, back in the day, but I thought there was a lot of injustice during Fatih Tedim's time with our strikers. I remember we started off this last season, last year, you know, Fatih Tedim's new season, and Mohammed looked like he was going to be our striker, right? And Jogna looked to be out, right? You know, you had Rodolp and a lot of other Galatasaray-specific journalists. Jogna is 99% gone. He's not in the plans. Fatih Tedim doesn't want him. We want to try and scrap as much money for him as we can because he did well on his previous loans. So he looked like a goner, right? Jagdan was not even playing in the beginning of the season, the preseason. He, he looked like a goner. Mustafa played. Maybe he was not playing great, but he was finally starting to get his confidence back. And all of a sudden, Jagdan is starting. Like, forget being subbed on little by little. He's now starting, and Mohammed's on the bench. And Mohammed rode that bench for a while, and it was very obvious from his facial expressions and, you know, his, his stance on the field that he just did not feel like he had that backing you know as a kid who's coming from you know a very completely different country he doesn't even speak the language you know this kid's gonna need like anybody else in his situation he's gonna need that full backup right he needs a full backup from the coach he needs to feel it he needs to see it with his minutes and I don't think he received that but in terms of his skill you know He's he's a very strong player. Can you can you guys deny that? He has the physique of a guy. He's got that. He's got a great physique. You see, if you follow my Instagram, I know guys like Summit love to use Instagram to follow players. <laughs> this is a shout mm-hmm. at Summit and his comments about some of our youth players. But in, inside joke, but um, you know, if you look at his Instagram, if you just see him on the field, he's he's well built. He he can jump for headers. He's very good at heading. You know, he was good at heading before he came to us, and he was good again when he came and played with us. You know. He knows how to put defenders on his back and win that ball. You see it now on his loan if you watch clips of how his, how he's playing at Nantes. But also when he was with us, you know, he, he was pretty strong compared to most Super League defenders. Uh, can he pass the ball? Can he distribute it? He's not excellent at it. Again, he's not excellent at that. But he was still good at getting the ball and distributing it to our wingers if they played wide like they're supposed to. Which is a whole different conversation, but... I thought he was overall pretty good. He would come back to help the midfielders. That's something that Falcao was really good at. You know, that's something that showed through his experience. You know, sometimes as a striker, if you're not meeting the ball in the final third of the field or inside the 18, you come back and help your midfield. You distribute that ball. You make your run into the box. And that's where you expect to meet the ball at the end of the day, right? So Mohamed showed that experience as well. He had a good shot too. He had good finishing. That that goal versus Fenerbahce, he knew how to find the corner. He had a very strong shot, if need be, too. So it's not just like those short inside the 18 finishes, but he also had that shot from distance as well. You know, he showed ability. We didn't see to those do- quite often, though. We didn't towards like after his red card. Yeah. And by the way, for those that don't remember, it was against Ankara Kuju, and uh, who haven't seen it, he got a red card for someone running into his elbow. Yeah. 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 Classic <laughs> Turkish refs, right? Yeah. So, 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 let me ask you guys this then. In 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 the case of Mustafa Muhammad, is it fair to say that um, we all wish he was he was loaned, but without the buy option? Is is that fair to say? Well, first of all, we bought this guy for six million, and basically we're trying to sell him off for six million. Why? I'm tired of seeing uh, our players go for cheap. And especially Chikaldao. I don't get Chikaldao being loaned out to Qatar of all leagues. It's so pointless. But going back to Muhammad, 
I I still see a lot of potential in him. I I feel like if you're going to loan out with a buy option, it needs to be higher because that's way too low for someone with the potential that he has. But go ahead, uh, Yasin, what were you going to say? Yeah, I mean, I do wish, and I think he's worth more than the $6 million total buy option, I guess, including the loan fee. But you also have to think about the player too, right? When you're signing these you know, contracts with the other team, in this specific case, Nantes, right? You have to agree with Nantes, okay, that this is how much they're willing to spend. You have to agree with the player too. The player is going to agree the personal terms with the opposite team. And if you're going to pay a part of his wages, you're going to have to agree with him on that too. But then the player has to think about the possibility of this transfer going through. How much does he want the transfer to go through? If Mohammed's like, I absolutely want out of this team, you know, I don't think this is the case, but let's say he's like, I don't want to live in Istanbul. I hate it here. You know, I don't like Galatasaray. They didn't treat me well. I don't care if it's Okan Buruk or Fatih Teno. I'm exaggerating, but I'm trying to make a point. If he wants out and then you go to Nantes and say, you know what? I'll put a 10 million clause. If he plays really well, then you pitch up 10 million. Mohammed and his agent can be like, you know what? Like, I would love to be sold for 20 million if that's the case. But how realistic, what's the possibility or the probability of Nantes being able to pay 10 million for me? Is that something that they will realistically be able to do? Even if I score, you know, 10 goals this season, 10, 15 goals, which is solid, right? It might be worth it, but will they have that money? So that's something that the player has to think about. And I imagine has to agree. I haven't sat on the, the other, you know, end of these, you know, tables where players and, you know, teams talk about these contracts. So I don't know the specifics of it, but I imagine you have to make every single party happy. And the six million, I'm, I guess, you know, I, I got to trust the board to some extent even though the board even though Dursun has back in the past might have not done the best job you know we have Adam Tumor there now and you have to you just have to like as a fan trust that they're doing I what's don't, best for I the think club. they're doing bad I think I don't I don't like what they're doing with these transfers these loans it, it makes no sense to me it really doesn't so, make so sense l- go ahead l- let me ask you guys let me get let me ask you guys this then this is a perfect um I guess segue into to the next uh piece of news I, I mean we we're, we've been talking about Mustafa Mohammed, right? Here's a striker that's 23, 24 years old with big potential in in our eyes, at least being loaned out. He might be leaving, right? But incoming might be a 29 year old striker who's already proved himself at the highest levels, right? In Mauro Icardi. So what do you guys think about that? Because we're also talking about the board and the decisions they've made and just like some of us have predicted, uh, we kind of knew they were going to be going for these big name, high profile players that are probably a bit older, a little bit more expensive. So we might be losing one of our younger prospects with potential to bring in someone that's older, a lot more expensive, but is already proven for that immediate success, right? And that might not, that might not happen at all, first of all. And if it does, who knows how long he'll be with us, maybe a year maybe two max, right? So what do you guys think about that? Do you think that that's something that is needed in our squad now? Would, do, you, do you like Icardi? Is there another name you, you, you're after? What, what, what do you guys think about that? Well, here's the thing. When, back when we had Gomez, right? He was our best striker. We sold him for $6 million. And ever since he left, we've spent millions and millions of dollars trying to replace him. And here we are again. It's 2022, and who's scoring our only goals? Gomis. So our transfer policy has been absurd, abysmal from top to bottom. And I usually would attribute it to the coach, right? Three different coaches are here, and none of them can make do with any of the uh, players we had before. Not Jagne, not not Mustafa, nobody. Okay, Icardi has been a high-profile name, but he hasn't played in a very long time. and. We know him and his wife have a lot of issues. And the craziest part is his wife is the manager. And so, I don't know, in such a crucial season that we need to be champions, and even if we are champions, you don't even go to Champions League anymore. You're going to be playing four playoff games. Four. Yeah. Four playoff games. And then how much are we going to spend on Icardi? Probably a ton of money. He's not going to come here for cheap. He's going to want a lot of money. He's going to probably want a villa here, you know, mm-hmm. uh, flights to Milan every other weekend. <laughs> I, I, I do have to say, I do have to say, you know, this whole Icardi situation or saga with him, his wife and all this, 
I do have to say it is the perfect amount of like ridiculousness <laughs> for Turkey. That like, is Galatasaray in a nutshell. That's what we always yeah, do. We like, go for the high profile names without yeah, thinking like ahead. it's it seems like a wacky situation, you know, with his his wife who has her own you know set of issues and there's a lot of things that can be said about her, but it's his wife, it's the manager like that's who we're negotiating with. So that does seem fitting for Turkey since it's so crazy. One, one thing that comes to mind when we talk about this is how Seferovic has been playing. And, the, you know, he, we saw him play in the preseason. We were like, oh, my God, he's going to score 35 goals this year. And then, well, it doesn't look like I don't think like many people happen. thought about that. I certainly did not think he was going to score more than 10 personally. Well, well, I think everyone was buying into the hype right away that he scored two goals in his first two matches with us, right? And not with very many chances either. Like in those matches, he just had a couple of chances and scored them. So I think everyone was buying into the hype like we always do. And now that Turkish the, people this, in a nutshell. Exactly. Exactly. So n- now that the season has started, he's squandered a bunch of chances and just hasn't been that effective. So I do think that someone like Akardi is needed. Um, if we're going to make a run for the title, I'm not convinced that we can do it with Seferovic, and I'm not convinced that we can do it uh, by subbing in Gomis in the last 10 minutes and hoping for a miracle. Also, so yeah, I, I don't think Icardi only is going to solve our problems because we're also having issues on our wings. Our players, also our wingbacks, but especially the wings, they're not connecting with uh, Seferovic at all. Seferovic, I, I, despite him missing some crucial you know, goals... He hasn't really received that much service. And so this brings me to the next topic, right? Lucas Mora, a winger. Sometimes it can play in the middle, but, you know, like I see us having a, a serious issue on our winger side, a big issue. And uh, I'm kind of delighted to see that they're actually working on this issue with Lucas Mora. So, uh, yeah, you guys think he would do good in this league? What do you guys think? I mean, Lucas Mora, you can't really... I don't think what any sane person would really say that he wouldn't be good in this league. I get there's a lot of reasons why you might not want him, you know, whether it's financial or whether it's age or resale value and all that. But Lucas Moore is a professional. You know, he, he offers a lot. He's got speed. He's got skill. He got, he's got finishing. He can find that pass to the striker or whoever it is, right, that's in front of him. We've seen it across Europe and in the Premier League, wherever he plays. So I don't think there's any question with that. You know, whether it's going to happen or not, I'm, I'm very doubtful about it because he's at Tottenham. Maybe he's not very young. And again, maybe Premier League teams might think about age too, but he's still got a lot to offer. He just turned 30. He just turned 30. He's got a lot to offer. You know, he maybe not for four or five years, but one of those mid-table teams, which I think one of them is rumored with, I'm sure they're willing to throw, you know, a three-year deal at him and say, hey, look, you know, we need you. You're going to be a starting player for us. We can't compete for the title, but, you know, don't you want to play at the top level for another few years? That's tempting. Coming to Galatasaray or Fenerbahce or Bishkitash, yes, you're competing for the title, but you're not necessarily guaranteed in any of those seasons to win the title. So, you know, it's it's about what he wants and how much we're willing to pay. Premier League teams have a lot of money too. You know, if any of them are interested, I'm sure they can offer similar type contract that we'd be willing to offer. Now that you bring Lucas more up, I, I'd rather talk more about, you know, what you said about our needs, right? You know, we're, we talked about Icardi, we talked about Lucas Mora, we talked about Savorovic and our issue of, or his issue more specifically of scoring so far, right? We, we've we played four games and we scored two goals. And when, when I say we scored two Gomez, goals, it's, it's, it's really Gomez. Gomez. It's really Gomez. Yeah, and it's Gomez. And very limited minutes too, by the way, right? He's played what, like... Also, whom everybody wanted to, like... Gone. Gone, yeah. They wanted Gomez gone. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. I mean, when Gomez first came, I think it was last year uh, or maybe eight months ago in January, this is a Gomez that I was looking forward to. I personally was very excited and I was also very let down as I saw the next six months happen, right? Gomez was very slow, very tired. He was, you know, a shadow of his prior self that we saw, which we kind of expected, but I didn't expect it yeah. that much. I was very disappointed. And honestly, I don't know if it was caught on, you know, the podcast or not, but... I was. I kind of wanted him gone. I was like, we need to move on from this. I kind of rather play. When people a are youth uh, focusing more on his butt cheeks than his performance, you know, uh, <laughs> he has a problem there. Yeah, but you know, he's showing us that we we were maybe kind of using him the wrong way, right? And now we are using him the right yeah. way, which is 
he's he's old, but he's still got that skill. He's got that experience, and he can come on late in the game if we need that extra goal and provide that to yeah. us and provide those chances and keep defenders busy, which opens more space for other players around him, right? So if he's willing to accept that role as a 10, 15, 20-minute, 30-minute sub at the end of the game, then keep him. He's He's got a year left, you know? I don't think he, he's on a crazy deal either. I think it's like one and a half million euros, which, yeah, it's a lot, but at the same time, if, if this guy can win points for you, you know, every every couple of weeks, like the way he is now, it's so worth it. You know, it, it brings the team morale up. It brings the confidence up. It keeps your other strikers on their toes. Sephiroth right now is probably thinking to himself, shit, man, like, this guy, this guy Gomez, I, I didn't think he was going to play over me, let alone be scoring more goals than oh, me. Yeah. Sephiroth now has to pick up his game. Definitely. Nothing is guaranteed. And if Gomez is not proving that, these rumors recently with the Cardi definitely are. So I definitely sense frustration. And you kind of saw it when he came off and during the Trouble Zone game. He got subbed off and he didn't look happy whatsoever. And of course, he's a professional player. He's competitive. He's not going to be happy, especially when you're not winning the game and he didn't score. But, you know, he, he's got to be on his toes. And uh, I think that ties to the other positions too, right? The winger. You said, Emma, I agree with you completely. Whether that's going to be Lucas Mora or that's going to be, you know, another youth player. When I say youth player, I mean a young player from abroad or an experienced player. We definitely need somebody that's going to keep both Yunus and Kerem on their toes. Because right now, they're looking at the bench and they're going to be like, Okan, like, Hoja, who, who are you going to put on for me? Honestly, like, maybe you might sub me off if I'm tired or if I'm injured or whatever after 70 minutes. But, like, who are you going to start over me realistically? Nobody. Unless Buddy Schalper gets 20 minutes and scores three goals, then you know nothing's going to change with that. And and this is this is a big um, this is a big mistake that young players make, like ever so often. You know, like if you look at Kerem, he was in a position a couple of seasons ago where he was coming off the bench with 10 minutes left, right, and he was fighting, fighting, fighting for his position. He finally won it. No, it's never been taken from him since, and there hasn't really been any um, pressure on him since then, yep. right? And I think young players have that mistake of settling in and getting comfortable and not realizing that they can be replaced and they will be replaced, right? So I think all it will take is for someone with a little bit of quality to play for either Kedem or Yunus and put in a good uh, performance and start one or two games after that for there to be a fire lit under both of their asses and say, okay, you know, this is a competitive environment. Nothing's given here. We have to earn it, yeah. right? Um, so we'll see what happens. Whether, Like I said, whether, whether it's Lucas Mora or it's somebody else, yeah. um, I definitely think we need someone with a bit of uh, quality and someone with that pedigree, you we know, need, that can compete. We need rotation, man, for sure. 100%. Mm -hmm. That's one thing this team is definitely missing and it definitely needs. And I... Uh, there's only a couple of days left for the transfer period. I hope they're working on it. Listen, I think by the time this episode gets published on, you know, Spotify, wherever you guys listen to it, I would imagine September 1st, September 2nd, we're going to see a lot of action because, you know, the transfer window for us closes in September 8th, I think it is. You know, we still have a little over a week, yep. but the Premier League, the La Liga, all these big leagues, they finish end of day September 1st. So they can make transfers in until, you know, at the end of September, but they can make transfers out until September 8th. What does that mean? They're going to have extra players that they don't need. They don't want to pay the wages for, even if it means paying it partially, they're willing to let go of just to kind of make their budget a little bit more comfortable. And that's where we come in as a Turkish league, you know, whoever approves us being a week later, huge for us, right? Because we have these first set transfers and Icardi is one of those, right? Icardi, a lot of, a lot of journalists, what they're saying is Icardi is willing to come to us and he's pretty much agreed with us it's just a matter of psg and us kind of you know who's gonna pay how much of his eight or ten million wages it is in total but also Cardi waiting to see if there's any big clubs that are still interested in bringing him in instead you know he, he seems happy to come to us but let's say i'm exaggerating now but let's say uh manchester united is like we want to we want another striker come play with us we'll pay most of the same wages if not more than galsai is Icardi going to choose us or is he going to choose United? No, you know, he's going to choose United, of course. So I think they're waiting but to after, see that. But after that, then it's right. Then th that's where the action starts for all of us. Our, our unit team is like the, the person who goes to thrift stores to find deals. That's what they're doing right now <laughs> and waiting. Yeah, so hopefully 
they're not doing, you know, the wrong thing by waiting too long and, you know, potentially not getting anyone to replace any of these players or uh, add rotations. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So with that said, I think we covered quite a bit of uh, news today, you know, yeah. what, what our thoughts were, what we need, what we think will happen. Um, but I think it's about time we go uh, straight into the game. And so with that said, uh, John, do you want to take us into the game? Yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. So this was match day four. It was Trabzonspor versus Galatasaray. We were away in this match. Um, a hostile environment, deep waters as it usually is over there. But uh, it did finish in a 0-0 draw. Uh, go through our starting lineup, which was almost the same as last week. Um, a backline consisted of Sasha Boy, Nelson, Abdul Kerim, Patrick Van Anholt, Muslera and Goal, of course. Uh, Sergio Oliveira, Lucas Torreira, and we had Merten starting in the midfield as well. Uh, our wingers, Karam and Yunus, and Saferovic. And also to note, Sasha Boy was our highest rated uh, player on the pitch as well, um, which was deserved. Going, going into some of the stats, uh, this one finished in 58% ball possession for us. Uh, I think most of that was probably in the second half where we kind of took over a little bit. And we had uh, 13 shots in total with uh, XG of 1.08 compared to Trabs on 0.57. So on paper, maybe we should have s- squeezed out a win with one goal, but uh, that didn't happen, unfortunately. So I guess we'll just get into what we thought about the match in, in, in that case. You know, I thought we started the match similar to how we've been playing in the other three games, which wasn't very good in my opinion. Um, you know, I n- not the best build-up, not the best control over the match. It was kind of back and forth. Trabzon had some chances they couldn't convert. We had a couple chances. Um, there was a potential penalty shout uh, on a possible handball. Wasn't called. VAR wasn't looked at. We had in the 30th minute a ginormous chance with Mertens on the counterattack. Mertens, they played out fast and Mertens played Seferovic who who held up the ball a little bit, uh, played uh, Mertens back and then I think he sprung uh, Yunus on the right side and Yunus uh, played the ball across the box and it was Mertens all alone, maybe from the penalty spot. And he had a left-footed shot in the bottom corner that was saved. That was probably the biggest chance of the match. He couldn't convert there. Then, in the second half, um, I noticed some differences. Uh, some changes to how we were playing and changes that I've been asking for in terms of our shape and width on the field. I, I feel like for most of the second half, our wingers started playing a little bit more traditional. And I felt that we took control of the match in the second half. I felt that we had a lot of possession in their half. We were looking to open them up. Uh, a couple chances came that, again, we couldn't finish. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a stalemate, unfortunately, because I think we could have, we could have uh, got away with a win. But uh, what do you guys think of the match? How do you think it went? What did you see in there? Um, well, starting from the first half, I, I know a lot of people don't like the way we play, and I get that we don't play good foot good looking football you know candy to the eyes i've always said this and i know you guys heard me say it personally but okan buruk is not going to play you know beautiful looking football what he's going to play is effective football and this game is is actually one of those like you know examples so what do i say by this if you guys notice that our defense is making zero mistakes almost close to zero mistakes and how are we doing that well we're we're throwing long balls constantly if Trabzon presses us, people will say, well, Emre, every time we throw a long ball to Seferovic, he doesn't get control of the ball. Well, okay, fair enough. We lose the ball, but how come we ended the game with 58% possession over Trabzon away in front of 40,000 plus fans? It may not be good looking football, but I've always said he plays efficient football. Like you said, second half, we played much better, but we had the most clear cut chances with Mertens in the first half, which should have undoubtedly been a goal. And we should have been up. We should have won that game, hands down. And the the positions you speak of, I don't think they were clear cut. They were more of like, you know, throw the ball into the box and, you know, let's see if anything happens. That was the kind of chance they had. They didn't really have 
100% chance like we did. But I really do like our defense so far. They have been excellent. They, they, Our midfield, our defense worked incredibly well. They really stopped Trabzon from doing anything. And okay, I'll accept that Trabzon were missing a few people. They were missing Bakasetas and Vishka, which I think they're most crucial players. But again, they still had plenty of their team from last year when they became champions. So even with those two players missing, they shouldn't be, you know, hiding from the ball this often. I guess Okan Buruk did something right there. Um, as far as our attack goes, I agree with you. We're not as consistent with getting the ball up the field to Seferovic. I think it's part of the reason why he looks kind of bad to the eye. If we can just get more efficient with getting the ball to him, I think this team will be in a much better place. If we give him a little bit more time, just a little bit more time, I think this team will go in a much better direction. I have more things to say, but I I don't want to keep going on a model. I want to give some room for Yasin. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to save more of the conversation for individual player performances because I think a few really stood out and others deserve criticism because you know, just they didn't have a great game. But overall, I think um, I, I left the game kind of disappointed. You know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, if you don't look into the details, a tie away at Trabzon, which is last year's champions, is good. You know, uh, playing the champion in their home field, you know, this this early in the season when they're most likely the one of the better prepared teams because they have a championship side going into preseason, right? They're just going to build on to that. You'd say it's a tough game. But when you start taking all of these considerations like, their key players missing, you know, they had Vizca missing, they had Homsik missing, they had Pakasetas missing, and amongst other players too. And we found out after the fact, but Cornelius, their striker, is, you know, his mind was probably not even in the right place because he just got sold to uh, Copenhagen, Dutch Dutch team Copenhagen. I think it was today or yesterday. Yeah, Danish. Danish, Danish, my bad. Um, so I'm sure his mind was not in the right place either. And it's Bardi, I think this is... He's either first or second game where he started. He's a brand new transfer, you know. Uh, so considering Bardi has been one of their better players, to be honest. Yeah, to be fair. Yes, but again, you know, he's he's still learning. Just the way that we have the excuse of having new players adjusting to each other, that applies to Ennis Bardi as well. You know, Bartra, excellent defender. I think he kind of held him in the game a little bit. But if you look at their goalie, I, I forgot to mention Urjan Shakur who was one of the top three goalies in the league, he was not playing because he was out injured. They had, you know, this kid, Mohamed Tepe, who is, what, 19 years old, 21 years old, as their goalie. I think it was first Super League game, if not start. We had a lot of reasons why we probably should have won this game, but we didn't. Generally, I think we were pretty stable in defense or, you know, our more deeper midfield and Sergio and Lucas, they look disciplined. Obviously, they have that experience. That's why we brought them. So they showed that that game. So I was pretty happy with them. Lucas kept their midfield busy. Sergio kind of a little bit of both that deeper role as well as going forward. But I expect more from as as he gets used to the team. But uh, I would like to see us more hungry. I would like to see us play like the golf side that we all love. And that's more attacking, you know, being aggressive, not counting on two or three positions in the game. And when we don't get the result, we go back and say, damn. You know, we had that one position or we had that other position we should have scored and it would have made the difference. And in this case, it's that Kedem shot and it's that uh, one breakaway with Mertens, right? They Both of those... Also, both uh, of those, Gomez had two Yeah, Gom- really Gom- Gomez tra- had two uh, at the end when we pushed. You know, in the second half, you know, maybe adding on to uh, John's comment about controlling the game in the second half. I think partly what that has to do with the fact that we went into halftime into the locker room, and Okan probably spoke about this, but the players also realized it too. This is a game that we can win. You know, coming in, they were probably a little bit nervous. You know, we're not doing so hot. We scored two goals. You know, we're not in form. We're still adjusting to each other. So a tie kind of looked like the right result, right, coming in. But at halftime, they realized, oh, shit, like, this is our game. You know, we have more passes. Yeah, we have lads, more what possession. Are we doing? What are we doing? So we showed that. And that leads to, I think, my final comment overall, and this is why I'm so optimistic going forward. This team needs confidence, you know, and I'm hoping it comes Monday because we play at home against maybe a difficult team or informed team of uh, Gaziantep, I believe it is. But this team needs a couple goals, and it's hopefully not just Gomez, you know, hopefully a Seferovic, hopefully a Yunus, hopefully a Mertens or a Kenem. 
these guys need goals, they need assists, they need to get that hype and that confidence. And this particularly applies to our striker, Tefotovic, but everybody, because you see the stress. I mean, you're livid at home, whether it's on your couch or on your desk at home. You feel the stress watching the game. Like, we just need that goal. We just need that goal. Because you also, you look at our competitors, Besiktas and Fenerbahce, the two probably highest, you know, chance of winning the league apart from us. These guys are playing, you know, exciting attacking football. Maybe they're not so organized, but they're attacking. They're scoring three goals a half. You know, they're they're destroying certain teams. They're finding loads of chances. And you see this as a golf side fan. And you say, why is my team not doing this? I have Kedem, one of the best Turkish swingers in the league, if not for the Milit Sakum. I have Yunus Akun, who played incredible at Adana Demirspor. I have Safarovic, who maybe is in non-hot form, but he has a loads of experience. And you got Dries Mertens. If... I didn't watch any football, you know, the last four games, and you showed me this lineup, I'll be sending you fire emojis. I would send you multiple soccer ball emojis. I would say this team is going to score a lot of goals, and that is not the case so far. But I think that has a lot to do with our confidence. And I think once we turn that around, I think once Okanburu feels that fire and the team feels that fire, I hope and pray that's when things really turn. That's a flick of the light switch, and that's that's when we're going to be a team to mess with that, you know, that you can't, it's not going to be easy to defend against. That's not the case so far, but I have a lot of trust. I don't know about y'all. I have that optimism, um, and hopefully it happens sooner than later because yeah. we can't keep on counting on Gomez for uh, late-minute goals. Going forward. I get that. I get that. I, see, I think there's a lot of recency bias when people, like, watch Besiktas and Fenerbahce. Yes, they are scoring very early on in the game. But to be fair, you know, they're playing, they're not playing as difficult games as we are. Let's be honest here. Custom push up and Sivasport, they're not it this year. They're terrible. Yep. That's true. Um, three of our four games have been away, man. One of which was against Antalya and one against Trabzon. If you guys would have said we would have gotten four points out of those two games b- before the season even started, y'all would have taken that. You're right. Hands down. You're right. I soon is probably the one game I was the most disappointed with this season. And I, another point I want to put out there is I think Okan is just being super safe right now because he knows he's on a very, very thin line. Yeah. And so if he takes any losses right now, he knows, oh, Fatih Tidim, let's bring him back. He's free. You know, those talks will start again. And I think he's just trying to avoid that, trying to keep his time going until he can get all his transfers and get his game finalized. But with that said, John, do you want to take us more into the second half? And yes, I do. But before I do that, I listen. I know I'm probably gonna go into the fire again, but honestly, I I have to. I maintain my stance, man. I I really hate to say it, but I wish we didn't have Okan Buruk. I wish we brought somebody else in, and. I I don't I don't even feel comfortable saying that because I'm an Okan Buruk fan. I think he was a sick player in like the sickest time period ever. I'm just not happy with how things have gone. Like I guess the results aren't bad, but I mean in 6 hours of football, I I don't really care if we were home or away or who we were playing. In 6 hours more than that, more than 6 hours of football, we've scored two goals. Yep. By literally the grace of God himself blessing Gomis. Like literally. <laughs> or else we would have zero goals in four games. And the, the main reason why I say I, I wish we didn't have Okan Burak. I wish we brought somebody else in is because it just doesn't sit right with me that he hasn't been able to prepare a play style for the players that we have properly. Like the opening three games, I thought were really, really amateur. It's just my opinion. The way that we were playing and stuff, I was, I've already explained in the other episodes, I'm, I was totally against. And then this game, the first, it was kind of split. The first half was kind of the same stuff. And then the second half, I saw some differences that I, I liked and I thought we started playing better. I don't know, man. I, I just, I wish we had, I wish we brought in a manager that said, these are the players we have. These are the players we want, I want. This is the play style I want to play. And that, that play style actually fit the players that we have. Because as of right now, I, I don't think that's happening. The way that he wants to play, I don't think it suits our players. And those the, the players that it doesn't suit the most are is for our striker and two wingers. And if you look at um 
like just take last game for example. If you look at our starting eleven and the ratings, everyone had at least a seven except Yunus, Seferovic, and Kerem. And I just think that they can be better utilized. And uh, I'm not saying I want him to be sacked or anything. I he deserves a ton of time to make this work, and I think he probably will. And if there's anyone that I want to see succeed in this job, it's him because I like him a lot. But I guess you can just say I'm disappointed and it's frustrating. So hopefully he figures it out. Hopefully there's a couple more names that join the team and, uh, and we'll see what happens. But I, 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 I know get what I'm, you're coming like from. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's mm-hmm. below your expectations, which you expected more of Okan Buruk, And that's, of course, everyone's yeah. expectations. That's expected from Galsar, right? to come out swinging every time. Yeah. Um, it's fair enough, fair enough. Honestly, though, I've never remembered a Galatasaray apart from the, you know, two-door, the most recent time, coming out strong and ripping the, the league apart. Because even with Fatih Tatum, I've always remembered us starting terrible. And I, and I kind of attributed it to us, like, not getting our transfers done in time. I've seen a video mm-hmm. from, I'm pretty sure plenty of our uh, listeners probably listen to Hostelik uh, Football. And they mentioned part of the reason why... Um, Turkish teams in general just get kicked out of the Champions League playoffs is because player the teams that they're going against they're all ready they, they do their transfers ahead of time they finish it up they let the coach prepare and then they start playing better meanwhile when we start our season or we start our playoffs <laughs> we don't have any players done we saw this with yeah. Fenerbahce we saw this with plenty of teams Konyaspor they're just not they look horrible but Konyaspor right now is slowly picking up same with Fenerbahce um, one of the best prepared teams is Besiktas. I think that's one of the reasons why we're not doing so hot. And like, I'm a big Okan Buruk fan myself, bro. I've always wanted him to come to our, our team ever since Fatih Tatum's uh, second championship. I loved the man, but I felt like at the time, he just needed to like leave the mantle to Okan Buruk. Yeah, and, and you, you mentioned as well that uh, you mentioned Tudor. And he has his own set of issues, in my opinion, but... One thing that I do admire from him is that he came in and he said, look, this is how I want to play. These are the players I need. He got the players and implemented his play style. And that was clear from the first game to the last game when he left. It was clear. This was his play style. He stuck with it. He believed it. And he had the players to do it as well. Um, remember. And I, I, I admire that from him. Also, remember when Tudor came, when did we get all of our players? We got them pretty damn early. Yes, they, we did. We did get majority of them to play against Ulster students. Yes, we lost. We were horrible. But that see, that goes again. We weren't prepared. And then yes. when we started off the league, we were destroying everyone, scoring three, four goals, same way Besiktas and Fenerbahce is doing. But eventually their form kept up. You know, their physical level started rising and started matching ours. And, you know, things started falling apart. But I, I, yeah. we don't know if that'll happen with the other teams. But I, I feel like that's one reason why we're not ready. And then you can criticize Okan for that. Like, what's going on? Why are we not physically ready? Why is Sasha Bowie, who's not been in training, better physically <laughs> than some of our other players? Why is Mertens yeah. able to run 89 minutes like a box-to-box midfielder? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, was, you know? I was actually just going to bring that up. Um, right? I was going to switch gears a little bit and maybe... Uh, Take a switch the gear. Go into the next gear. Shift up, baby. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. I was gonna. I was gonna mention Mertens. I thought that. I think it's. It's kind of incredible the way that he plays and like the tempo that he plays at for someone his age is pretty good. Like it's. It's pretty nice to see. I think that he's still. I think it's still a little bit early for him. I think he's gonna get a little bit more sharp in terms of his first touch and and little things like that but man he has some energy he runs and runs and runs and runs and i'll give that to him you you can it's very clear that he's played at a high level so i think he's i think it's like it's clear to me that he will be very useful for us this season so i I was very happy to see him and then on the other end of that spectrum uh patrick van anholt is horrible (laughs) and 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 literally that that's it patrick van anholt is horrible I cannot believe his attacking ability. It is so bad. I can't I, I like I can't believe that you're crossing the ball and it's ending up on like the opposite corner flag. Like that that's so crappy, especially because of 
in the first few games, how Okan Buruk has been wanting to play, where Yunus and Yunus and Kerem come in a little bit, and the fullbacks are out really wide. Exactly. Yeah. He can't. He he cannot put the ball in. It's so infuriating. So I think we have to see Kazumjan come in and see what he can do, and decide if we're going to need another left back either now or in January because. I don't know what his issue is, man. Like, I don't have that much of a problem defensively let me, with Let him, me just but... add this. I think what I've realized is we don't, we didn't appreciate how much of a goat Marcao is because Van Anholt was with us last year doing the same thing, right? But we didn't criticize him as much. But I feel like we didn't criticize him as much because Marcao was able to cover all his, like, other issues, letting him stay up the field. And I think... Marcao was another reason why Kerem was able to stay up the field as well and be more potent. So we got severely robbed, man, with Marcao. We're, we're going to miss him big time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that that's absolutely right. Like, of course, we miss Marcao already. He's a, he's a superstar. But I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with this left-back situation because Van Anholt is just not doing it for me right now. Mm-hmm. He's, he's pretty bad. Yeah. Um... Any, any, are there any players that stand out for you, uh, Yasin, before we wrap up? Uh, I mean, before we... There are other players, but on the subject of Van Anholt and our left-back situation, and tying it back to Sacha Bowie, which is our, which has been our right-back for a while, now that we still have one game uh, before the transfer window closes, so we play we play September 5th, right? And then the, September, uh, the window closes the 8th. Do we potentially say, okay, look, we got Sacha Bowie playing really great at right-back, Van Anholt is not that great at left back. Our backup to left back is Kazimjan. And before we say we want to spend more money on a new left back, do we try Sacha or the the boys at uh, left back and then the other one on the other side and see if it works out or not and then decide if maybe we can continue that way for the next six months or is one game maybe not not enough to really decide or make that kind of decision? Like, I'm really curious to see, because the boy has played left back in his, in his historical, you know, whether, I don't know who, for who or how many in games. In his previous teams. Yeah, in his previous teams. He's played left back before. That's not his main position, but he's played it before. Are we, are we going to be curious to try him or Sasha at that position and maybe play both of them but, at the same like, time? Or is that not something that we should get into? It's like, what, what's the quality in his left foot, though, man? Like, for Dubois. What 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 is what's the quality like in his left foot? He's gonna be expected to receive on his left foot, pass on his re- on his left foot, cross on his left foot. Like I don't want to use him. I don't want to use him or someone else in left back. And then when he crosses the ball, he's he like cuts in on his right foot and then plays it on his right foot. Like that's just there. there there's no need for that. Like I, I'd rather either just use Van Anholt, Kazimjan, or bring another left back in. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, unless he does have some great quality in his left foot, then yeah, sure. But I just I'm I'm highly doubting that. I'm 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 really really doubting that. But who knows if we'll see that or not? Like I don't know why we can't just see Kazimjan. I think he could be really good. And also, and he's Turkish too. Yeah. So that solves another problem, right? So hopefully we do see him because uh, Van Anholt is horrible right now. Um, but we're, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we're summit there. to say that Van Anholt will turn it around. No Dutch oh, to uh, and he'll listen, listen to otherwise. me. Listen to me. This is the North American invasion. There's no Dutchy. No one's fighting for Dutch rights here. Okay, this is the North American invasion. I, I just, we should bring in a Canadian left back. Okay, I just know that's what he would say. Even though it's it's not a surprise <laughs> either, right? Like Van Anholt has been showing this weakness for quite some time. He's 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 a yeah. solid player. He's physical, you know. He'll be there. He's he has a good attitude. Fine, right? But like your left back, especially when you're playing for Galatasaray, you should be a creative left back. It should be somebody who's making passes or putting in good crosses, right? What what backs have we liked in recent history? Let's just think about it. Mariano Mari, Mariano and Saracci, right? Those are probably your two ideal in recent history. Riera and you know, if you go back a little bit more, these guys are all who either knew how to cross really well or they knew how to shoot really well, right? They, they knew how to get creative and play with their midfielders and our strikers. You know, I loved Mariano. He was, he was kind of the jack of all trades. You know, maybe he was not the most physical, you know, strong right back that we've ever seen, but he was really 
important in our attack. Just the way that Marcao not was as a center back in our attack, that's what Mariano was in our right back. But currently, both our right back and our left back, I guess Sach is kind of picking it up with the stamina. They're not involved in the attack. Once they get, once they start to get more involved in our attack, that's going to make it a little bit easier for Yunus and Kerem. So uh, I I hope he picks it up. I, I do think he's in more of a stump than he he's actually like. I think he's much better than he is what he's showing now. But um, you know, hopefully he ch he turns it around too. But just to I want to talk a little bit about Nelson too. Um, if if you guys don't mind before we wrap it up, I th I think mm -hmm. he's showing every single game how important he really is to this team. You know, he's made Abdulkerim a better player. He's made uh he's kind of showing that leadership. He's able to clear the ball way easier than he was before, he, you know, with his head. Before he used to just I don't know. I I see that he's improved his ability to clear the ball with meaning. You know, when he clears the ball with his head, he finds those midfielders whether it's Torreira or Sergio in the midfield, he has direction with it. Uh he's making little to no mistakes. Before, I feel like sometimes he would get caught wrong-footed or whatever. If he does make a mistake, he makes up for it immediately, right away. You know, he, he, he tracks back and defends his shot or makes sure that that defender doesn't get past him again. Um, and I feel like if we do lose him, and we haven't been talking about it or seeing the rumors, but I'm really worried about it, you know, tomorrow or the next day. What if somebody comes swooping for him? Is, is this somebody that is absolutely critical to our championship race this year? It won't be severe, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> we had a talk with them. <laughs> not happening <laughs> they bought somebody else fortunately so I, I don't think that will happen either but i'm worried about these premier league teams man they they have a lot of money and they make last minute transfers all the time if they if they can't find their plan a their plan b and c is ready and they have the money for it so if, if they come knocking are we really going to say no and we've been linked with other center backs too anywhere from people who are obviously a backup position but also players who maybe could start as well so uh, do you think that's a guy that we absolutely need and you see getting better and better that we yes. need to keep or crucial R absolutely crucial like we we've already seen uh the difference between Markau and Abdul Kedim so I don't even I don't have to explain that much there that's a big big difference and he's without a he's without a doubt one of the best players that we have man like there there's no question about that so I think without him um we're in a lot of trouble and i think these um i think these defensive performances we we've, we've been putting on i don't think we'll be seeing as many of them uh you know where we're conceding these zero goals mm -hmm. you know or, or or scoring the one the one odd goal i i think those days will be gone so even even if a club does come knocking and they say oh 25 million that's the buyout fee here you go like I, I don't, I don't think that it will go through. Like I, I think that we'll, we'll do something, uh, to keep him. Like they still have to agree with the player at the end of the day, right? I'm maybe we'll, we'll if, if God forbid that happened, I think we'll tell him you can go in January or yeah. in the summer or something. Like, like there's no way that we're just gonna let. Like think about it. Think about like a pyramid, right? If you take start taking out blocks from the bottom, what, what's gonna happen? It's going to come crashing down, right? It's the same exact thing. It's like Jenga. You've already taken... Exactly. You've already taken out Marcao. Take out Nelson. The whole pyramid is going to come crashing. And then at that point, it's not going to matter about Icardi, Lucas Mora, Kerem. Like it's, it's not going to matter about all these guys because we're going to score three goals every game and concede three as well, yeah. right? Exactly. So I don't know. God forbid that happens. I'm sure he'll be leaving. I wouldn't be surprised if he left next summer. But I think he's here for this season, and he's, I, I, you know, I'd be surprised if he left. Yeah. I think he's going to do very well in the World Cup. Uh, yes. This yeah, upcoming World yeah. Cup, and uh, then we'll get a lot of offers in January, and then he can leave. And I think by then, I think Okan will probably have a good idea of what he needs, if he doesn't get sacked by then, of course. Um, <laughs> what kind of players he wants, what he wants to accomplish. I think right now, it's just to save the day, right? Players yeah. that he wants. But yeah. Nelson is definitely one of the most important pieces to this this team that we have right now. And I, I just can't see us finding someone <laughs> in a short period of time, like one day, to replace him. And we'll find out if anything goes through on the 1st of September. But with that said, I think it's time to wrap up, boys. Thank you, everyone, who tuned in to listen. We wish you all a good day. And keep up hope, guys. We'll eventually get there. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment. You can find us at... The Lions Den GS on Twitter, Instagram. Leave us comments 
you have any questions, let us know. We'll try to get to them. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Take care. Peace.